www.tanktv.com. We'll blow you away. Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. How's it going there, Wackerly? It's going good. Good weekend? Yep. Yeah? Yeah, it didn't really do much because it rained the whole time. Yeah, no. I I, I kind of hate that, actually. <laughs> I think the rainy season's almost over. So. Yeah, but that's the winter. In San Francisco. True. Yeah, you know, I didn't really do all that much this weekend either. I uh, went to an Oscars party on Sunday, and uh, it was awesome. You I don't what? even want to get into the Oscars. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about the Oscars. I'm going to go on a rant. I, I, watching the Oscars this year, which I did also, I found out I hate the Oscars. Yeah, dude, the Oscars are pointless, but all I have to say is if Juno won, I think I would have gone on a shooting rampage. <laughs> Well, if Juno beat No Country for Old Men, I would have gone on a shooting yeah, rampage. Yeah, let's thank the Academy that you didn't have to do that. Yeah, no, Thank God that No Country for Old Men won. Although, uh, There Will Be Blood, I think, might have been a better picture. Do you think? Um, I can't fault the them awarding it to the Coens. I liked their, uh, I liked the little, I don't know which one's which, but I liked the little one's refusal to make a speech both times that they got up. He was just like... Uh, thanks everybody. <laughs> I just kind of like the fact that they're both kind of like outsiders to the industry somewhat, you know, right. I, but mean, the, they, I mean, they shouldn't be because they, every movie they make makes a bunch of money. Yeah. But they've never won an Oscar before. Have they? I think they might've won some, or like they won Francis, something for Fargo. Francis McDormand won best actress for Fargo. So. But I mean, they kind of cleaned house this time. So that was yeah, they cool. did a pretty good job, but you know, it was the uh, lowest watched. I think the lowest ratings the Oscars have ever received. Really? Yeah, I read something I about that. that. But so anyway, I had to go to this fucking Oscars party, which was retarded with my girlfriend. Were there snacks? <laughs> yeah, but there wasn't really that much food there. And it was just kind of like bring your own beer or, or wine or whatever. And I was just kind of sitting there bored for most of it. But then afterwards, we decided we were hungry. And uh, we went to the Taco Bell, which I've spoken about on the show here. You know that Taco Bell... It's over on uh, Polk and Eddie. Yeah, it's the official sick and wrong Taco Bell that I've actually never ate at because I find it frightening. You know, I only eat in there, eat at that Taco Bell under like extreme circumstances. Yeah, and, and you so, never eat in there. You never sit in there and eat, would you? You know, I kind of wish I would have sat in there and ate because then I would have missed the spectacle that was going on outside. But so anyway, to make a long story short, we went in there, ordered Taco Bell, and my girlfriend hates that place, but. Whatever, I was hungry, <laughs> and it's her fault for dragging me to the Oscars, so I'm going to drag her to the Sick and Wrong Taco Bell. Yeah. And so we're leaving, and we walk outside after we got our food, and right outside on the sidewalk, there's this androgynous-looking homeless person laying on their back in a pile of garbage, just masturbating. Really? And it's been a while since I've seen a homeless person, <clears throat> you know, expose themselves on the street, and especially one that was like, masturbating on the street. When's the last time you saw a homeless person masturbating on the street? It's been a while. 
But, uh, I mean, usually, this isn't the type of spectacle that you sit around and gawk at because it's entertaining. No, you, you walk, just walk, away, you walk away so you don't get sprayed. But yeah. what was funny about it, or at least interesting, noteworthy, was the fact that the bum I thought was a woman. You know, because sometimes. Except that there was a penis. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It was like it was wearing a dress, it had tits from what I could tell. Now, was the dress hiked up or pulled down? Or... No, the dress was hiked up. Okay. And, yeah, there was like this dick sticking out and it was masturbating. Just like lying on its back, just masturbating. Yeah. Like propped up against a, like a trash can. It kind of defeats the purpose of trying to look like a woman if you have your cock out for everybody to see. Yeah, I don't understand, I mean, what drug this person must have been on. But what's funny to me about it is just no one's doing anything about it. And yeah. I, what, what should what we do? What are you going to do? do? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe call the cops, but I don't think the cops are really going to care. Yeah, they're not going to put out an APB and like have all the, <laughs> have all the squad cars race over. <laughs> so my girlfriend was just totally disgusted and was pissed at me for even taking her to the Taco yeah. Bell. And I was like, well, you know what? You took me to an Oscars party. So there you go. But uh, you got to see your point there. There wasn't a homeless person masturbating at the Oscars party. Yeah, but it would have been a cooler Oscars party had there been. <laughs> Any- and the Oscar for most disgusting spectacle <laughs> of the night goes to masturbating homeless tranny. Well, it was kind of funny. So I'm walking out and I was just like, oh, this is kind of disgusting. And then today I read about that tranny in Boston. Did you hear about this? No. So Fill it, me in. It's a good segue here. So there's an inmate in a prison in uh, Massachusetts who is suing the state because the state refuses to give it a sex change. Let, let me let me uh, explain here. Now this is a man in a male prison, yeah, trying to become a woman, and, and trying kn- to have the prison pay for this. Well, I, I guess yeah, they want the state. He wants the state to pay for it. So this is in Boston. A killer who sued to have a sex change claims her body is becoming more masculine again because she's being denied treatment in prison as she awaits a ruling in her bid for surgery. Her name is uh, now Michelle Koselek, formerly known as Robert, said that for months she has not been allowed to have her court-approved hair removal treatment or access to a specialist to discuss her testosterone levels. Uh, Quote-unquote, my breasts have shrunk, genitals have regained previous size and function, facial hair is thicker, and scalp hair is thinner, all related to an elevated testosterone level. I'll tell you one other person who's in agreement with this uh, she-male, uh, his, her cellmate. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, He's her cellmate's like, just waiting yeah, for her to get that sex change. That's what I'm talking about. This sucks. Dude, you know what, though? At least this person's incarcerated because, you know, if he, he, if he was out on the streets, he'd probably be jerking off in front of a Taco Bell. Right, or prostituting himself and, and just making men very uncomfortable once they figure it out. Making just normal citizens here uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, so this guy, Robert Koselek, was sentenced to life in prison for the 1990 murder of his wife. He said the slaying was self-defense after she poured boiling tea on his genitals. Which is kind of interesting to me because I don't even know how that happens. It's like an Englishman's worst nightmare. You know? <laughs> tea. Who drinks tea but English people? <laughs> but, I mean, how does he even get to that point where it's like he's sitting there and his wife is like, you know, I'm going to run over with a kettle full of tea and yeah. just pour it on your nuts? Now, did he already have ideas about becoming a woman or is the tea on the balls what triggered it? Like, I don't want this stuff anymore. It hurt too. <laughs> Pain was way too great. I want it cut right off. 
I, you know what? I, he actually became a woman in prison. So Kostelik was 58 year, is 58 years old now. He said he legally changed his name to Michelle in 93 and has been living as a woman ever since. He first sued the Department of Corrections in 2000, saying its refusal to allow her to have sex change surgery violates the Eighth Amendment protection against cruel and unusual punishment. But, so the prison has been in the past giving him hormone treatment? Well, what happened, I guess in 2002, a district judge ruled that Koselik was entitled to treatment for gender identity disorder, including hormone treatments, laser hair removal, and psychotherapy, but stopped short of ordering sex reassignment surgery. And now his claim is that they've cut off the hormone treatment. Is that what he's saying? Well, he That's claims he sued again in 2005 because he feels that the state should give him a complete gender reassignment surgery because the hormone treatments aren't enough. He says the treatments are not enough to relieve his anxiety and depression. <laughs> well, he you're, says, you're I don't in, want to continue existing like this. You're in prison for life. You're not supposed to be enjoying it. You're supposed to be depressed. That's the point. Well, isn't this part of punishment, sort of? I mean, the guy's in life. He's in prison for killing his wife. And isn't giving one of the inmates big-ass titties going to cause a lot of chaos among the rest of the population? I mean... Well, that's what I wondered. It's like throwing I mean, raw meat into the lion's den. The guy, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's kind of like Webster at a Nambla convention. <laughs> I mean, if you think about <laughs> right, it, dude. You it's... topped me with that, <laughs> that little illusion, <laughs> asshole. If you, if you think about it, I guess the Department of Corrections, and this is their uh, the quandary here, they claim that Kozlik's surgery would create a security quagmire that would make a, her a target for sexual assault. But isn't why are they why they do the beginning steps? I mean, well, don't you think he's this, already this is, being assaulted sexually as it is? I mean, see, the guy has breasts. Yeah, and people always you know refute. When you when you're debating somebody and and they say oh well you're just making the slippery slope argument and I think this is a very good case for a slippery slope argument like you guys started going down this path and what did you expect you know he's gonna want more and more well I don't understand why the state would even consider this case I mean why should we who wh I mean are we entitled to pay for someone's gender reassignment surgery like when you're in prison and you have some kind of psychological disorder do we have to treat that. I mean, you're in prison. You're locked away. Well, Deal that's with what it. they're going to. That's what they're going to put on trial. That concept. Yeah, but I right? mean, the judge already ruled that he needs to treat her for gender identity disorder and allowing hormone treatments. Mm. I mean, do you think it should stop even there? Yeah, and that, and actually, I even have a more general laser hair removal. <laughs> I have an even more general question. If you're in prison, you're just allowed to sue the state for I, any I, old thing, and then and they can't just say like, nope, sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, they said that uh, this surgery would cost like over $52,000 to taxpayers. Do they have to pay that in like packs of cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> What's the conversion rate? So I guess this case is being closely watched nationwide by advocates for other inmates who want to undergo a sex change. So I guess See? it's kind of slippery slope. <laughs> exactly. I, and so transgender inmates in other states have sued prison officials but none has been able to persuade a judge to order a sex change operation. Well, that's good to know. But, but I'm sure the judges in Boston are wacky. But I guess a lot of states allow inmates to uh, continue hormone treatments if they're already on hormones when they begin their sentences. Uh, okay. I mean, now we're getting into gray areas here. You know, if it maybe if cutting off the hormones is going to make them more psychotic and more of a problem in jail, I could see that. But... Yeah, but I mean, don't you think it's going to, I don't know, kind of bother other inmates? 
rile other inmates because they, I don't think it's going to bother that them. That looks like a chick. I think they're going to enjoy it. I think yeah, but I mean, don't the you think they're going to fight for who gets the fucker? Yeah, it's going to be bother the inmates that don't get to you know bunk up with her. It. Well, what in, what's interesting to me is so this dude. It kind of looks like Iggy Pop. I don't know if you if you've seen a picture. We might have to. Post I can imagine. It. We might that. have to post a picture yeah. of the guy. He just looks like a really pissed off Iggy Pop with, with tits. tits. <laughs> yeah, and so he's sitting there and he's upset because he wants a vagina. So I don't understand why he'd want a vagina. Does he want a vagina because his like his punk or the guy that's punking him out is saying, you know, you got to get a vagina. It yeah. do, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I guess tucking is just not working out anymore. Well, so they say that um, many states do not allow inmates to initiate hormone therapy while in prison, uh, but yet they don't have a written policy for the treatment of transgender inmates. And I just don't see that there's any reason to even have it. And I guess uh, inmates in several states have sued prison, prison officials for sex change operations. They argue that gender identity disorder is a serious illness that can lead to anxiety, depression, suicide attempts, and self-castration. And they claim who in prison? I go back to this, but who in prison isn't depressed, doesn't have anxiety, and isn't somewhat suicidal? I mean, yeah. that's why they don't give you belts. Well, yeah, exactly. It's kind of what what I don't understand. And and so this person, Robert Koslick, is claiming that he's probably going to commit suicide if he doesn't get this uh, this gender reassignment surgery. Just put him in solitary and like you know take his shoelaces. Yeah, but I mean, is that really a great loss? I mean, the guy's in there for life in prison anyway. Yeah, but you know how that goes. You're going to get the uh, cruel and unusual people out against it. You're going to get the, you know, the free transgendered people are going to support him. So I think they're going to have to go through trial with this and come to a a legal decision. Well, I think think, you know, prison prison's all about can do spirit. You know, you make (laughs) liquor in the toilet. You're smoking, you know, pieces of burnt dried up grass from the yard. He should just. What are you applying? He should just do a do-it-yourself castration. Yeah, he should here. sharpen up his toothbrush on the wall <laughs> and just cut it off. Get a butter knife somehow, or what, what do they usually use? A shank? Yeah, usually they they take the plastic toothbrush and they break the end off and they sharp, and just kind of sharpen, sharpen it, it up. into a sharp point. And he should just cut it off, but then he's not going to have a full-on vagina. Well, then you just you jab it in, you jab the pokey <laughs> jab part in, in you cut hole. it off, and then you jab it in. Yeah, but you know, if you think it about out. it, actually, there's a substance to what you're saying here. If he did do that, and he was facing life or death, then he probably would. If he cut his nuts off, they probably wouldn't attach his nuts again. They probably would just give him a hole. Yeah. So, I mean, he almost should do that. It seems like it'd be in his best interest. But so... I think, I mean, I'm not against gender reassignment surgery. I know you have a bit of an issue with it. Yeah, I do. I, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to go into why you have an issue with gender reassignment surgery? Should I, or is it just, well, I just think it's, I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's, uh, you know, you don't think it's a legitimate disorder. You don't think there's such a thing as gender identity disorder. I'm going to have to split hairs here. I believe, yeah, I, I completely understand why somebody could, you know, identify as a woman and want to dress up as a woman. And I'm co- completely cool with that. But going through the whole process of like this, you know, intensive, off the penis and yeah, intensive it into a surgery, and you know, it costs a lot of money, and you got to get a surgeon to do it, and that means that there has to be surgeons out there that have trained to do it. I just think it's a complete waste of time for, you know, the fact that the, now the world has to become part of your little, you know, psychological problem, which. You know, just you grow your hair long, put makeup on, pretend you're a woman. But why do you got to go 
change your body around now, surgically. It's just, do your it's just sentiments like, stem from a personal experience where you had like a guy with a mangina? Well, no, I think it's because I prefer the trannies that have cocks. <laughs> I find that more entertaining. And if you go all it's the way, bullshit if they yeah, cut their dicks yeah, off. Yeah, and if you go all the way, now it's just like, well, now you're just an ugly woman with a really weird vagina that doesn't look right. I'm <laughs> well, not into that. I think my point is, is you know, I'm not against gender reassignment surgery. If you, you know, can afford the operation, I mean, it's it's if essentially it's cosmetic. If you can afford the operation, you can pay for it. Yeah, do it. I mean, whatever blows your dress up, go get your dick cut off and mold into a vagina. But I do not feel comfortable paying for some inmate who's in, you know, who's in prison for life for killing his wife to have a vagina to get fucked by other inmates. I can, I'll acknowledge your side of the argument. I mean, Jesus, dude, my uh, cousin uh, became a, a, a woman. Went all the way 100%. Yeah, I guess. I, you know, I've never seen him as a woman. <laughs> Naked, but, uh, you mean? No, he was, a, he was a really successful eye doctor in the Chicago area. He was yeah. like an optometrist who uh, pioneered laser surgery. And then one day, like, I mean, the guy was like 50-something, decided he wanted to be a woman. And, uh, yeah, paid for the surgery and everything. He went, his name is Deborah now. It was Bradley, and it's Deborah now. Because people used to have to go to Sweden, right, or something? Like, they only did or this. Brazil or something like do that. Do they do this Thailand. in the United States now? I assume they do. Yeah, this guy got his, the operation done. He's living as a woman. He, he ended up losing his practice, had to move to uh, New <laughs> yeah, York. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I, I guess he sent a letter out to all of his patients saying, my new name is Deborah. I'm a woman now. And all his patients were like, yeah, I'm going to another doctor. Right. I mean, which as I mean, it, as the, expected. And also, I want to clarify my opinion here. I don't have any problem with transgendered people, you know, practicing dentistry or optometry or whatever. But don't would be you go to a transgender dentist? No, and that's my point. <laughs> don't be surprised when you have a prejudice. My don't friend. be surprised when all your patients leave. I mean, I'm just saying there shouldn't be a law against it, but your patients might feel otherwise. Well, I guess he uh, moved to like upstate New York or something and opened a new practice as like a really scary woman. And nobody knows. They just think she's really ugly. Just a scary woman. Yeah. But so bringing back to the point here about uh, Robert Kosalek, the reason I don't think this guy should become a woman is because of what happened to Richard Speck. Do you remember Richard Speck? The name sounds familiar, but I, I, can, I can't keep my serial killer straight all the time. He's a serial killer, right? I think he was a mass murderer, actually. I, I think if a judge is going to decide whether or not if a state should allow an inmate to have a, a gender reassignment surgery, they need to take into consideration the Richard Speck situation here, the case of Richard Speck. So Richard Franklin Speck was a mass murderer who systematically killed eight student nurses in, uh, the, sh in sh the Chicago area in uh, 1966. Uh, which was interesting about it, it stunned the country during an era which murder was rare and mass murder was unheard of. I don't think there was any mass murder going on back in 66. This is like before Manson and all that. Yeah, I guess you're right. And so, uh, yeah, what happened is uh, Speck, who was just like a really creepy looking dude, I mean, I don't know if, uh, we'll have to uh, post a picture of him or something. He broke into a townhouse, which was a dormitory for several young student nurses, some of whom were Filipinas. Armed with only a knife, he terrorized the young women. There were uh, nine of them, actually. Uh, he held the women in the house for hours, methodically leading them out of the room one by one, stabbing or strangling them to death, then finally raping and strangling his last victim. Only one woman, a woman named Cora Amarua, escaped because she managed to wriggle under a bed while Speck was out of the room with one of his uh, victims. He might, not, he might have lost count, or maybe he didn't know that there were eight women living in the townhouse. 
and uh, he didn't realize that there were actually nine. Uh, she stayed hidden until about 6 a.m. When she finally emerged, she climbed out of her uh, bedroom window on a ledge screaming, they're all dead. All my friends are dead. I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, he just kind of left their bodies all over the room. Dude was insane. He was when did they, how did they apprehend <clears throat> him? They, they, did you they... know what was interesting? A couple days after the murder, he was drinking with some drifter. And the drifter actually recognized him and called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody bad-mouthing drifters from now on. Well, the drifter recognized his tattoo, which said, Born to Raise Hell, down his arm. And that had been published in the newspaper, it published, I guess? Uh, yeah, in the newspaper. The he, Filipino he chick that got away remembered the tattoo. The Born to Raise Hell tattoo. <laughs> and so, yeah, they ended up uh, incarcerating him. But what was interesting about it, so the dude was incarcerated. He died in prison of a heart attack. And then shortly thereafter... In uh, 1996, a few years after the guy died, uh, Chicago television news anchor Bill Curtis received an anonymous videotape made at the prison in 1988. And uh, they actually played this on, uh, I think it was on A&E. There's like a five-part documentary. (laughs) One of those channels that purports to be educational but is really just all voyeurism. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. And I so, love all those shows, by the way. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's, would you much rather watch something like that, like Core TV? Yeah. God, I love that. I love that channel. And so anyway, there's like a series of YouTube videos. We're going to have to post the one video just about Richard Speck. Cause, yeah, <clears> we should explain. We'd play it, but the sound quality is horrible. And it well, just I was planning initially, podcast. yeah, to play like the clips from it, but the sound quality is awful. So we're just going to post the video on the website, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Yeah. yeah, the video has subtitles, so you can see what he's saying, but audio-wise, it wouldn't come through. But the video is hilarious. It shows um, <clears throat> Speck ingesting cocaine. Parading around the room in silk panties, sporting female-like breasts grown from smuggled hormone treatments, and boasting the whole time, if they only knew how much fun I was having, they'd turn me loose. Yeah, and I'd like to point out for people who haven't seen the video yet, female-like breasts it should be taken very loosely. <laughs> Dude, those are total man tits. They look, they look like alien tits. They don't look like anything I've ever seen before. It's disgusting. Yeah, maybe And the tumors. guy doesn't even look like a woman. So the, the other dude, Robert Koslick, at least kind of looks like a scary woman, sort of yeah. like Iggy Pop with right. tits. This dude just looks like a big, tall, white guy with, like, flabby appendage-like breasts. <laughs> and wearing panties. And wearing blue silk panties. And he's sitting there like a... These two black dudes, and the one guy's asking him questions, you know, along the lines of like, "How do you feel about killing all those? Do you feel any guilt about killing all those uh, women?" He's like, "No, I guess it wasn't their night." Yeah, and he claims that he you has know, no remorse. He's at enjoying all. his punishment. So yeah, I mean, he was just having a you know the time of his life. In Who there. is the warden at this prison that all these shenanigans are going on? Well, how do they he even have a video camera? I mean, the guy's Richard Spank is snorting cocaine <laughs> off the thigh of yeah. another inmate. The in one the video. dude's wearing sunglasses. You know, yeah. There's coke. There's video cameras. I think they're smoking cigarettes. But... And they're all hanging out. I this guess is like, uh, this is like a vacation spot. Well, I guess they played the video on uh, A&E or one of the channels, and uh, family members decided to try to sue the network because yeah. of the emotional trauma that I can imagine. It'd be ensued. disturbing. Well, so my point is, you give this guy a sex change, and it's going to be a party in that prison. Yeah. Seriously, dude. Right. Not only is it going to be a party, the dude has a vagina now. So he's going to be double penetrated. It's going to be triple. cocaine. Triple, triple, penetrated. triple penetrated. He's going to be airtight. We should not have gender reassignment surgery for prisoners. No. <clears throat> well, and how all you, based on Richard Speck. How would you feel if they gender reassignment him, but then they put a chastity belt on him? What if they just kind of took everything off and just filled it up with, like, putty? Made him like a Barbie doll? Or Ken doll. 
Or a Barbie. Barbie doll doesn't have a hole either. I don't know if you checked oh. that out. <laughs> Trust me. I used to carve a hole in them <laughs> just to make it a little more anatomically correct. Yeah, used to. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll have to post the uh, Richard Speck videos. I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting. There's like a five-part series. We're not going to post all of them. We'll just post one of them. But you'll watch that, and then you're going to think, and you're going to be, you're going to be confirmed that in your belief that there should be no gender reassignment surgery for inmates. I'm hoping we get a lot of hate mail for this one. I don't know. How many trainees do you think listen to this uh, podcast? Yeah, but they'll find <clears throat> it. They don't have to listen to it beforehand. They'll find out about it through the internet grapevine, through the tubes. And through the tubes. And then they'll come to pounce on the message board and our email inbox. That's what I'm hoping. Especially in San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know. Or you know what might happen next time I go to that Taco Bell? That trainee's going to be waiting for me. It's going to pounce on me. Yeah, that'll Attack be, by a trainee. That'll be fun for you. Yeah, I'm going to be scared. Well, people, this is uh, episode 111 here of Sick and Wrong. A uh, quick recap of last week's episode 110. Uh, Wackerly did a story about some dude who hid drugs in his fat navel. <laughs> I did a story about a tale of the Hitchcock horror penis uh, removal. And a listener sent a story about a New York City therapist who uh, got all slashed up. As it turned out, I ended up winning, but it was a really close match wow. um, altogether. I ended up coming in with 78 votes. Listener came in with 72, and you were right behind with 68. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's funny. People it's, like penis stories. Well, you know, people like penis stories, but we also got a lot of emails that are saying, you know what, that's old hat. It seems like almost every third sick and wrong episode, there's a dick being chopped off. Because it works, baby. Don't fuck with the formula. Yeah, but I almost didn't do the story for that sole reason. Eh, fuck it. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. So, um, people, you know the way sick and wrong works. Uh, Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show, audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. Um, we throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com or just submit it on the forum. I think we have like an article page or something, subforum or something like that. So uh, I started 110. So, uh, Wackerly, why don't you kick off uh, episode 111 here? Beaver County, Pittsburgh man has been charged in the death of a mentally deficient crack addicted man uh, because he challenged him to a dare with the uh, promise of money or drugs to do the dare. Well, that, that sounds plausible, though. I mean, you know what I what I don't understand about that? A mentally deficient crackhead. I had the Aren't same Aren't all crackheads question. mentally deficient well, in I, some respect? I just wonder. I think this is a product of the 12-step community, you know, where, like, every addiction is it's actually a disease. Like, so it creates confusion for people like you and me because, okay, was he really mentally deficient and addicted to crack? Or did the crack make him mentally deficient? I mean, I know when I'm on a alcohol bender for, like, a four-day weekend – I'm pretty I'd much retarded. mentally deficient. Yeah, I can't. But you bounce stuff. back though if you stop drinking. That's the question. If this guy got off crack, would he be mentally deficient? But we'll never know. Um, the suspect, Anthony G. Morris, uh, age 28, uh, faces a preliminary hearing next Thursday in the death of Melvin Brown, age 44. That's always weird when some dude's hanging out with a dude who's like twice his age, especially when they're you know smoking crack and stuff. So was this dude hanging out with the mentally deficient crackhead? Well, Should I we just call him, like, retarded crackhead? Sure. Okay. <laughs> if that's what you want. Actually, and with another guy who is 71, so we've just got the full gamut of Okay, of so there's a 20-year-old 
dude hanging out with well, a 71 year old 30, crack, yeah. okay 30 year old dude hanging out with a 71 like a, a senior citizen crackhead I'm, I'm and assuming, a retarded crackhead yeah i am assuming they're all crackheads i don't think it's like a boy scout hanging out with a crackhead no oh, okay all and right. then double dog dare wasn't just like some frat boy that's like you know what i'm gonna go hang out with the crackheads for a change of scenery right and I don't think he was, you know, trying to bring them to Jesus or anything either. <laughs> um, and and I don't think, it, you know, he wasn't just daring some passerby. I'm assuming they were hanging. If they're daring each other to do stuff, they're hanging out together. Um, a witness at this uh, occurrence named Misty Coles said that shortly before 2 a.m. on March 28th, Mr. Morris told people outside a bar that they should drive down the street to, quote, see something funny. End quote. <laughs> Furthermore, she told investigators, Mr. Morris said that Mr. Brown was going to jump for a 20. Okay, so Mr. Morris is the younger guy. The 28-year-old guy. He's a 28-year-old guy. Mr. Brown is the retarded crackhead. Is his name Zach Morris by any chance? No, Anthony Morris. Oh, okay. He's not from Saved by the Bell, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> but it sounds kind of like the hijinks that was Is this going to be another one of those episodes with Webster and, and <laughs> Saved by the Bell and, and uh, Urkel? Is Urkel going to be a reference soon here? I got a couple 80s references <laughs> in my story. I, I, like I this, just want to forewarn the audience. I like this part that you know there's all these people hanging out at a bar, and they seem to like know both of these characters. Like, so these crackheads are probably regulars. Yeah, or I at mean, least they like kind of walk the streets. Yeah, they smoke crack, stop in for MGDs. That's the impression that I'm getting. Well, I mean, I, I know a lot of the crackheads that live in this neighborhood, or at the, least I see them all the time. But even funnier is this crackhead comes up to the bar and says, "Hey, guys." Get in your cars and come down the street because something funny is going to happen. I mean, usually I just ignore crackheads. That's my policy. I don't know if it's your policy. It depends. I'd probably be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You'd Explain you maybe, further. You maybe would go outside the bar and look down the street, but you're like, I'm not getting in my car. I mean, I'm not going to follow this you. This sounds like a crackhead trap or something. Yeah. You know? You're going to jump in front of my car and then you know claim you have whiplash or something. But if he was a little midget and he was like, come follow me, you know, no, there's still... magical world or something, I'd go after him. You but... mean like a leprechaun and a pot of gold? Well, midget, crackhead, same thing. Yeah. Uh, well, the group actually got into two cars. Like, all the barflies got into two cars. So everyone was convinced by this guy. Yeah, and they drove to the former Elks building that was down the street. It's only two stories, by the way. You should keep that in mind. Miss Coles said uh, Mr. Brown was crouched on the second-story landing. Uh, so I don't even think he's, like, two stories up. I think he's really just one story up on, like, a balcony on the second floor. And uh, he either tried to stand up or jump, quote, Something like a frog when he plummeted to the street below, landing on his head. I don't think when frogs jump, they usually don't land on their face. So the retarded crackhead leapfrogged off a building. Why? Uh, for a 20. <laughs> <laughs> for $20. Yeah. Well, earlier in the article, they say they promise him either money or drugs. But Miss Cole says that. So it could uh, be like a 20 sack of crack or something. Well, yeah. I mean, you can convert 20 bucks into crack. So the point is moot, really. I mean, hmm. he, that, he was going to buy crack with the money. The story gives me ideas. There's lots of crackheads <laughs> in my neighborhood and lots of tall buildings. So he jumped, he jumped off the thing head first, apparently, landed straight on his head in the concrete, suffered a skull fracture, and died the next day. <laughs> Chief Bong Viego, Bonging Vengo or something like that, said that Mr. Brown had a dim diminished mental capacity uh, before this happened and had been hospitalized in the past for mental health issues and was addicted to crack cocaine. Once again, it's not clear whether the crack made him retarded or not. 
Uh, so what did the people do after they walked out of the bar, down the street, watched a crackhead, jump off a building, kill himself? Did they just go back to the bar, continue drinking? I don't think they went home. I, th- I think these type, of pe- <laughs> these type of people, the bar is their home. So, yeah, they went back to the bar. I, I mean, it doesn't say, but I'm just assuming they went back to the bar. But but what this just reminds me of the type of people, which I kind of think you are one, who <laughs> will – everybody's having a good time, and then you have to, like, either – orchestrate or point out at the least some spectacle that's just going to be a huge buzzkill for everybody. How is this a buzzkill? I think this is a buzz enhancer, <laughs> if you ask me. That's exactly what I'm – that's exactly my point. Dude, you wouldn't be stoked if you walked – okay, if you're at a bar drinking and some dude comes up – a good old like, time. If some dude comes up and is like, dude, you guys got to see this. You wouldn't walk outside and there's like some crackhead about to jump off a building. Dude, this is a story you'll have for the rest of your life. Right, but sometimes I just want to, you know... I wouldn't pay a crackhead to jump off a building. Yeah, right. I'm a a sane man. I would not do that. Because you think you get caught like this guy. Are you saying you wouldn't watch a crackhead jump off a building? That's... That's my point. I, in the I wouldn't be able to not to, but the, I, you know, if it never entered my life, that night probably would have, you know, been I think you're more, a sensitive man. Fun. So wait, you think you would dwell no, on no, this, this after the about, fact? This has nothing about sensitivity. I mean, like, I've got crackhead brains splattered on my like nice drinking clothes. Okay, now that no, that would bother me if I had like crackhead infected blood splattered all over me. Right? Yeah, that that, that would definitely give me a buzzkill. Now the cops come; they're gonna question you. Got pull- pieces of skull fragments in my beard. No, that would yeah. definitely bother me. I mean, he's a crackhead. He probably has all types of STDs and bloodborne pathogens. Yeah, but I mean, if you're like say, at a safe distance across the street like holy shit that crackhead just jumped off a building landed on his head and his head exploded i'd be telling this story on this podcast the very next week right but not everybody lives their life for the purposes of the podcast (laughs) and let me point out if you warned me and i would like brought a big piece of like clear plastic like Like i was going to a gallagher show (laughs) then i'm cool Good 80s But it's obvious there. that nobody warned these people like what they were going to... Well, I guess he did say that he was going to jump for a 20. Okay, let me I ask... assume people thought he was going to like you know do a back... Let me ask you this. Acrobatic thing. Okay, let's say you're drinking at your buddy's house, and he was like, dude, you got to see this video I saw on Break.com. And it's a video of a, this very same crackhead jumping off a building and his head exploding on the sidewalk. Would you watch it? Yeah. That's okay. totally different. So you're saying you'd be bothered by seeing it in reality. The the internet insulates me from having any (laughs) problems at all. Dude, I think your fallopian tubes are blocking your reason. If you showed it to me on the internet, I'd be like, eh, (laughs) seen it before, (laughs) nothing new. (laughs) That doesn't scare me. (laughs) I don't know. I think I'd be impressed by that. Um, I'm going to give it uh, one last <laughs> comment. I like how he jumped head first. I mean, that just proves how much of a retarded crackhead he is. Apparently, like, he wasn't wearing a retarded crash helmet. That would have helped. That probably would have saved his life. Retarded crash crack helmet. I actually think that might be a good idea. Maybe you should get on the uh, bandwagon to persuade Gavin Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, to make all retards wear, like, make it mandatory that they wear crash helmets. All retards and crackheads. You could see you crackheads, just retards. You could paint them, like, neon orange so you could stay away. <laughs> and see you them just coming know a mile that away. there's, like a, yeah. cra- like, a retard coming. I think that's a good point. But, you know, if you, if any of our listeners are retarded and addicted to crack and somebody offers you 20 bucks to jump off something, just go feet first because <laughs> maybe you'll sprain your ankle or something. Or something. Yeah. I mean, it was only one story up, but don't like do a swan dive. That's a bad idea. So on the sick and wrong star scale, what are you giving that? 
If it, if it was just a crackhead that took a dive off a building and crushed his head, I'd give it like a two. But the fact that all the he got all the people from the bar Spectators. to come down, and they actually did come down, I'm going to give it a four. You know, I'm going to give it a four, too, just because it was orchestrated in advance. There's yeah. a dude that paid the guy. I mean, it was premeditated. The guy paid the guy to jump off a, a building, and he knew he was retarded, so he probably helped him up the building and was like, wait there until I go get a crowd of people. Right. And, and does, who was he trying to impress? That's, everyone, my, <laughs> that's my question. Is he the most popular person at the bar now? <laughs> or does everyone think he's an asshole for taking advantage of a retard? I think they probably think he's an asshole, but maybe there's that one girl at the bar, you know, who, who was- I would have been it. like, half that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it four stars. My story here for episode 111 involves a number of 80s references. Oh, God. When's the last time you watched Family Ties? Like, in the 80s. <laughs> in I, don't, the I, 80s? Don't, I don't watch Family Ties in reruns. I don't watch them on YouTube. You didn't buy all the DVDs? No. I, you know, I never understood why people would buy DVDs at Growing Pains or Family Ties. Because Maybe people... different strokes. Well, because you want to get the one where Dudley gets raped. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. It's the best TV episode of all time. Neptune, King of the Sea, in the bathtub. Exactly. But uh, no, this this story that I'm about to do is much like an episode of Family Ties. In fact, it could be an episode of Growing Pains. It could be an episode of Just the Ten of Us. It could even be an episode of Dexter. But That's very broad, broad generalization of different shows that this could be like. I'm a little confused. Accused killer's sister found a body. In her brother's hockey bag. I can see how this would be. La 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 la. (laughs) I can see how this would be a wacky sitcom premise. Dude, it totally has a sitcom premise. This could be like Alex murdered somebody. Mallory Mallory. finds us in this hockey bag. (laughs) She calls up, what's that other dude? Scooter, his friend, or Skippy? Yeah. And Skippy has to come the to her aid ne- to the find out. Who like, never got yeah. laid. <laughs> and wanted to fucking bone Mallory the whole time. Never got laid. So my story took, takes place or took place in Edmonton, which I guess is in Canada somewhere. Uh, Thomas Svekla's sister thought she felt an elbow joint when she touched the hockey bag that he said was full of compost worms. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, it's my, get those compost worms. I need them for my MS. <laughs> Yeah, I went there. <laughs> Booyah! For the rest of the day after that moment, Donna Parkinson was afraid to be with her younger brother or to leave him alone with her son. Only that night was she able to confirm her suspicions that the hockey bag actually contained a body. Uh, Mr. Speckla here is a 39-year-old mechanic. He faces two second-degree murder charges in the deaths of two sex trade workers. Rachel Quinney, 19 years old, and Teresa Innes, 36 years old. Why can't they just call them prostitutes? You know, I don't understand. Why hookers. Is it, why is it I'd second be degree? Because they're hookers. I guess it, maybe coming. it's not premeditated. <laughs> if it's know. a hooker, it's second degree? I don't know. Is this in Canada, you said? Yeah, it's in Canada. Yeah, we know, we've already expressed that we do not understand their legal the system. The Canadian judicial system, I know. He'll probably be out in a week anyway. I, apparently, he's pled not guilty. Miss Parkinson is uh, one of Specla's six older sisters. There's the problem right there. Yeah. You're going to have a psychopath for a for a brother if it's like he's the only only boy in the whole family. Yeah, he's six just, sisters. He's grown up in just this miasma of vagina, vi- va- sorry, vaginal, you know, mist his whole life. 
dude, I can it's all, I can almost brain. empathize with the misogyny. I just mean, think about that. Tampons dude. everywhere, burning with curling irons, right? Just all screeching the time. voices all the time. PMS around the clock because if there's six of them, they one of them's always ragging. And it doesn't it happen like where they all like their their cycles conform. Oh, they to all one rag cycle, together, so it's like just the one alpha super female. Rag. Yeah, it's like, and so it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a six times like multiplied by six ragging. Let's thing. let's stop talking about it. It's frightening. God, I wonder if Jeffrey Dahmer had older sisters. Well, anyway, Miss Parkinson said that she saw her brother shortly after he was released from prison in May 2006. Uh, Their mother brought him to her home in Fort Saskatchewan, which is about 30 kilometers northeast of Edmonton. Uh, Miss Parkinson watched as Mr. Svekla, her brother, loaded a hockey bag into the back of her truck. She said it was quite heavy. You could see he was struggling with it. I was standing right there, Miss Parkinson testified. She questioned him on it. She's like, what the hell is in that? He said that a friend named Terry had given him $800 worth of compost worms. <laughs> but she didn't believe it. So yeah, but you know Sherlock what? Holmes. I go back to feeling for this guy because I can just hear her voice. What's in that bag? And just like, nagging. Just he gets six ways from Sunday nagging constantly. But you know what though, dude? You could have come up with something a little more believable than compost worms. Right? Which you said like bowling balls or beer. <laughs> beer. That'd be a good one. I mean, in Canada they drink a lot of beer. I mean, where where did he pull out compost worms? I have no and idea. Furthermore, I mean, what the hell are compost worms? Um, it's like for a compost heap. Yeah, I mean, you throw your garbage in there, and the worms eat all that shit. How many eight hundred dollars worth? So, how many worms is that? It's about uh, fifty cents a worm, so that'd be six sixteen hundred worms. And dude just carries a hockey bag with a big bag full of worms. Yeah. around with him. He's mentally deranged. He has six <laughs> older sisters. What, what do you expect? Brings up another interesting point to me. So his mom bought the bought Mister Svekla to his sister's home. Why is the mom still hanging out with her ex-con son? <laughs> I mean, does that happen frequently? Do you think if you went to prison for a number of years, you got out of prison, your mom would be like, yeah, you, come on, let's hang out? Yeah. You think so? I would hope so. Would you hang out with your brother if your brother was in prison for like 15 years? No, my brother didn't come out of my vagina, so, <laughs> so he you could think, fuck off. So let's say... You murdered two hookers. Do you think his mom's going to hang out with him in 20 years or 50 years? I guess he's in Canada, so he'll probably be out in two months. if I murdered two hookers, my mom would be like, they probably had a gun. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess uh, he loaded the hockey bag full of compost worms in the back of uh, his sister's truck. Her suspicion grew, and uh, Miss Parkinson checked the bag when her brother and mother left for an appointment. Looking back and forth for her brother, she reached in her truck and felt the bag. She says she felt something, and it seemed like an elbow joint. She pulled her <laughs> hand back. Why does she have this, like, tactile sense of, like, oh, that feels exactly like an elbow jo- I don't know what an elbow <laughs> joint feels like. That's a pelvis. Yeah. Uh, before her brother returned, she made her husband Jim feel the bag. <laughs> He told her that he had felt the seam of a hockey bag. Never marry a chick who has five sisters and one brother. Dude, she's going to treat you like she's always treated that brother. You know, I don't feel sorry for the hookers. I don't feel sorry for Svekla, the murderer. I don't feel sorry for Miss Parkinson, the sister, for finding the I feel sorry for Jim. Yeah. Because Jim's got to deal with this fucking nagging bitch of a wife. Right. 
who was like, you know, and he probably hates his brother-in-law. He's like, yeah, I'm a jailbird brother-in-law. Not as much as he hates all his sisters-in-law, though. Yeah, he probably hates his sisters-in-law <laughs> even like more. like a gaggle of cackling hens. But all Jim wants to do is drink, like, Molson Canadian. Eat some back bacon. Watch bats. hockey. Yeah, watch hockey or some other Canadian sport, like Sherling or whatever else they do. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even name another sport that they do. But, you know, that's all he wants to do. He doesn't want to have to go feel around in his jailbird brother-in-law's bag for body parts. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck you. Come feel this bag. Fuck you. So apparently uh, Miss Parkinson wasn't wasn't satisfied with her husband's uh, answer there. She was scared that she and her son would be left alone with her brother when he returned. And she said her heart just kept going kaboom. I guess uh, she convinced her mother to take her brother home with him for the night. By the time her husband got home from work that night, shortly before midnight, she was waiting for him in the driveway with gloves in her hands. She said, we're going in. I want to know what's in that bag. <laughs> she just wouldn't give up, dude. She's just like that bitchy mom in Family Ties. Yeah, Meredith Baxter Bernie. Meredith cunt. Baxter Bernie, fucking twat. So Ms. Parkinson and her husband then opened the bag in the garage and saw an object wrapped in a mustard yellow air mattress. Ms. Parkinson recognized the shape of it before her husband. <laughs> I think he thought That's it was the shape of a hooker. <laughs> I think he thought it was a hockey stick. <laughs> uh, he was quite drunk at that point. She recalled saying, "Do you know what I see? That's the head. These are the hands. These are the knees, and those are the feet." She called police, and uh, the police arrived and discovered that the body um, was identified as Teresa Innes. So they discovered that there was a body in in the bag, and it was a body of a missing hooker. It, I thought it was two hookers. Well, no, they only found one in there, but I guess she's be- he's being charged for the death of two. Oh, okay. So Here's maybe- my question that doesn't have anything to do with the sisters or Canada or anything. If you have a hooker, a dead cut-up hooker in a hockey bag, at what point in time, you know, duration of minutes does the stench of the hooker perfume become overpowered by the stench of decomposition? Because <laughs> it's going to take a while. <laughs> Actually, if you think about it, you should have just sprayed the whole bag with that hooker perfume. It's I don't think of, you even have to. That's a potent odor. <laughs> I mean, you it's used, a potent odor. You worked at a strip club for many years. Oh god, dude! It's the same concoction. Yeah, right? that the hooker stripper, perfume is really strong. perfume, hooker, hooker perfume. Is the yeah, same it's thing. like kind of tropical smelling, sort of. Yeah. I don't know, like or cotton candy. Right, I it's think. overpowering though. It's almost like ether. Uh, it's <laughs> disgusting. So this brings me to an interesting point here. This woman totally ratted on a family member. At what point does fa- do family ties no longer matter? Um, when your I mean, this is a philosophical question. Cut up hooker in a bag to your house, which That's actually what... brings up another question: Why wouldn't he just leave it at home? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he's loading it in her truck. Uh, this is clearly passive aggressive retaliation for years of abuse at the hands of his sisters, and she's obviously the ring lead- king bitch of you know of the the bitch ring. He should have like been. It's lucky that you're, it wasn't you. But anyway, I mean, my point is... That's the implication. That's why it's passive-aggressive. My point is, let's say your brother comes over. He just got out of prison, and he had a big, suspicious-looking bag full of compost worms that he wanted to put in your truck. Would you go rooting around inside of it? Would you automatically be suspicious? And if you did find a body part, would you immediately call the police? Yes. I mean, you wouldn't try to confront your brother about it first? No. Not at all? Not that close, me and my brother. (laughs) What about your mom? My mom, I... Yeah, no. (laughs) <laughs> you turn your mom in too? Yeah. God, you're a Benedict I'm Arnold. not down with cut-up hookers or gigolos, as the case may be. I think we've covered this point before, but next time I kill a hooker, I'm not coming to you to help me uh, 
All right, the body. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If my brother came to me, I think I might try to be like, dude. And what has like a dead twink in a, <laughs> in a hockey bag. Some dead 18-year-old boy. I'd probably be like, dude, I've been meaning to talk to you about something. <laughs> <laughs> if you play this latest Xbox game, I hear it's pretty sweet. Let's Change have a sit down. <laughs> it's on the sick and wrong star scale. I mean, this woman... Uh, Found a bunch of, you know, a bunch of uh, dis- a dismembered hooker in a hockey bag in her trunk. Yeah. Belonging to her brother. I'm going to have to give this four stars. Um, the Family Ties reference, while weak, Sha-la-la-la. entertained me, so I'm giving it 4.5. <laughs> we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that If you tie every one. story into, um, you know, into some 80s TV show, I'll probably give them all 4.5s if you find some tie-in. However flimsy. I don't know. I'm going to just into that. I like the Magnum PI thing a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be hard pressed to find a good 80s tie in for the next one, the listener submission, but um, I'm definitely thinking I'll, of while Ike you, and, while I'm you definitely read thinking it, of Ike and Tina while off you, the top of my head. Well, that's more of a, a docudrama. Yeah, it not definitely a doesn't have an 80s show. 80s while TV you show. read it, I will try and think of something. So, uh, this article, listener submission here for episode 111, was sent in by Lorax, uh, which I think is a pseudonym. I think oh, it's a Dr. Seuss character. Does the whole story rhyme or something? No, thank God. Yeah, okay. Um, the headline here is Murder and Dismemberment. Dismemberment. Murder and Dismemberment. Brutal End to a Long, Violent Road. It almost sounds like a, that's like a good title for a metal song, doesn't it? Or I was going to say the, you know, the synopsis on the back of some novel. Yeah, Murder and Dismemberment. Brutal End to a Long, Violent Road. Yeah. It always is. So this story happened here in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a recent story, um, and it had a heinous end. The body of Charlene Gaither, minus her hands, feet, and head, was recently found on the side of Highway 78. This is in Memphis, Tennessee. But the story gets worse, much worse. In an affidavit, please say James Hawkins, who was her living boyfriend, had help in the gruesome murder. The couple's 12-year-old daughter witnessed her father kill her mother, and then he forced his daughter to assist him in disposing of her mother's body. <laughs> Which has to be just one of the worst atrocities I think I've heard on the show in a long uh, time. Maybe this is um, the precursor to My Two Dads. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. This is what you didn't know happened before the first episode. That Why there wasn't a mother. Right. And why there was another dad. <laughs> yeah, actually, it could be. Or maybe, you know what this sounds to me? Like, it could be like Full House. Because there wasn't a mother in Full House, was there? <laughs> no, but there was too many people involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I only, mean, where are all the other only had daughters a daughter, and the yeah. other brothers and all that shit? Well, what I wonder about this, so he forced his 12-year-old daughter to assist him in disposing of the body. What exactly did she do? They don't really go into any details here. I yeah. mean, was he like, all right. Here, you take the hands, I'll take the torso, you take the feet, I'm going to take the head. I think it's more like, uh, you know, pull on her hair while I hacksaw through her (laughs) neck. (laughs) And you know what? At that point, it's not like the daughter's in any position to be like, Dad, I don't think it's right what you're doing right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's too late. (laughs) It's It's like moralizing is out the window at that point. Yeah. Uh, Child counselor Mary Jane Thompson claims this is evil. 
That's an that's an accurate observation there. Yeah, well, we part. usually don't pass morality judgment on these things. We just score them, right? Yeah, Thompson's a child uh, counselor. Yeah, I want to I hear a child counselor say this is definitely a four point seven five. Four point seven five brown stars on the sick and wrong star scale. That's my goal is to get that into the vernacular. Uh, apparently, counselors like her will do their best to sift through the child's fear, anxiety, guilt, and trauma. Yeah, not going to happen. I think she's facing a long, winding road to recovery here. You know, I don't know, man. I, they they say that uh, she has to start wherever she is ready to start herself and let her bring to the table the part of this drama she needs to process. Could you imagine dating a chick like you've been with her for a few months? The sex is great. She's really hot. You're sitting there having a beer. A few months into the relationship, she's like, yeah, so my dad forced me to... My, I watched my dad kill my mom, and uh, then he forced me to help him dismember her and hide her corpse. <laughs> Would that be a breakup issue, like, right there? Would you be done? Not for me, but probably for her, because I have a hard time just processing other people's emotions and, like, appropriate responses. So she would probably break up with me when I was like, yeah, whatever. Do you want another beer? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have been like, showing <laughs> 4.5. I'm going to so talk about you on the podcast tomorrow. Premature ejaculation. <laughs> well, what else is new? How so, old is this girl? Uh, she was 12 at the time. Oh, see, that's rough. Yeah, that's Because tough. if you're young, you'll probably forget. And, and she's a tween, which is what sucks. And if you're a teen, you can just descend into drug use. But she's or, a tween, yeah. so it's hard to. She's, she's too in a young to even horrible be emo. transitional period to be dealing with something like this. I guess uh, Hawkins, the man here, and uh, Gaither, his dismembered wife, had a long history of problems, including domestic violence before and after he was locked up. Yeah. Uh, Gaither filed more than one order of protection against Hawkins, <clears throat> the most recent just weeks before the murder. In the order, she says Hawkins became angry when he found out Gaither was leaving him and taking their three children with her. It also states that he pulled her hair, struck her once in the jaw. There are also allegations in the petition of sexual abuse by Hawkins to another family member. So this guy was an all-around uh, asshole. Yeah, but you know what? I blame the uh, the cut-up wife also. Because you see this shit all the time on, on cops and whatnot or in the newspaper these women who get restraining orders, but they don't like enforce them. They don't call the cops when the dude comes back over. They they basically stick with the guy, even though he's a fucking prick. Which leads me to the next point here. I guess when he got out of jail, he was in jail for ten years. When he got out, um, I guess the woman thought she could rekindle the relationship, <laughs> and she thought she still cared for him. Plus, she did it for the kids, so she brought him back into her life. Yeah, and then it also sounds like she does the whole James Bond villain thing, where she brings all the kids over and says, "I'm taking the kids away. If you're gonna just go, just go, and don't even leave any trace behind, and just go with the children." Which is the moral of my story? It's like. Your abusive husband gets sent to prison for 10 years for sexually abusing a member of your family and beating the shit out of you on a regular basis. Right. He gets out of prison. Move. Right. Move before he gets out of prison. Yeah. You don't even have to move far away. Just like to a different block. He's not going to find you. He's not going to be able to get a job and have any money to hire a private investigator. Move across town. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. That's why I, it's she has to share the fault here. Yeah. Even though she's all cut up. She's not sharing anything. On a last note, to date, Memphis police have still have not found her other body parts. <laughs> Which leads me to my uh, question. Only I, the torso. It leads me to a question I had previously. How do they identify this woman? This yeah, is I don't a torso. know. I mean, they just found a torso. Maybe the daughter uh, 
uh, folded or something. And they had them. like nipple prints on file or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand. These areolas are the exact size of this woman who's been missing. <laughs> you know, I think the daughter actually ended up going to the police and. Uh, oh, okay. They put two and two together. Yeah, this is like. Yeah, this is another family ties uh, tie in here. I don't know. It's like one of the children riding on their on their father. Yeah. Well, in those sitcoms, the chil- the child always ends up having like the superior wisdom to the dumbass parents. Yeah, the dumbass parents. Right. So I think this dad was teaching. Nice job. Taught a lesson here. So on the Sigurong star scale, you know, if it was just the husband dismembering his wife and hiding the corpse. Know, it's kind of run of the mill, sick and wrong. Yeah, right. I probably wouldn't even do the story. Maybe I'd give it like three point five stars. But the fact that he forced his daughter to watch it and then assist him in in uh, hiding the corpse and dismembering the corpse, I'm giving it a five star. Yeah, the tween element coupled with the my two dads connection, I'm giving it five also. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go cast your vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 111. Was Paul Reiser one of the dads? No, you're thinking of, uh, is that the dude from Police Academy? Or am I getting mixed up with Steve Gutenberg? <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. They have the same hair. They look alike. They, gotta be, they could almost be twins. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're living, ah, listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Sick and Ron. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Right here. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon, and this is Bob Madigan, and uh, I hope you're still going to listen later on, dude. We got like probably about five calls on the sick and wrong drunk dial line. Most of them were kind of incomprehensible. I didn't, didn't even make the cut. <laughs> you know, dude, I'll listen to them if they're over five minutes. Yeah, I'm not going to play them on the fucking show. Keep it brief, people. If it's full of like, you know, racism and someone shouting out an expletive every two seconds and a racial epithet. I'm not going to play it on the show because it doesn't make any sense. But if you're a female and have you have a sexy voice and want to do some like drunk dial phone sex, then then go for like ten minutes. Well, but we're so, not going to play that on the show either. But yeah, I'll, I'll but just appreciate it myself. I'll listen to it in headphones and whack off in my computer. But uh, the one that we did get here is actually pertinent and applicable to uh, the a, a subject that has actually uh, brought on a lot of debate on the forum. So uh, why, don't, why don't you play this uh, call here to, from the uh, sick and wrong drunk dial line. Hey, ladies, I was on the forum, and, you know, with regard to the dingleberries, I kind of think that maybe you're both talking about the same thing and you just sort of lump it together into one big kind of, like, lint and toilet paper mess. I'll leave it at that. Okay? Great. Bye. You know, I kind of take issue with that. Well, he claims that we're splitting ass hairs. <laughs> He calls us ladies, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't laddies? We have a lot of English listeners. I don't think English dudes go around saying, hey, laddies. Do they do that anymore? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think our like, um, I don't know, opinion of English people is like back in like the 1920s, like a Dickens novel or something. Right. I mean, we have this Dickensian <laughs> view of English people. I think they've changed a little bit since then. Okay. Hence the chaps. But anyway, this dude... Calls in because obviously he was reading on the forum about the grand debate about the dingleberry. It's a dingleberry debate, and it doesn't even have its own topic. It's like it's a it's different the, topic morphed into this dingleberry debate. And well, it stems from last week when uh, we were talking about. I guess some dude wrote in that his girlfriend 
I think he wrote on the forum that his, he told some story about his mortifying sexual situation where he was going to go down on his girlfriend or his girlfriend bent over and she had a bunch of like poo dingleberries. She hadn't her wiped asshole. very well. She, he didn't say that she had dingleberries, but he just mentioned that she hadn't wiped very well. And then we started questioning whether it was a big piece of shit or just a dingleberry or a little smudge. But then we got into the etymology of the term dingleberry. Like I don't what, think etymology came into it. <laughs> we were just wondering. Well, we were coming what? and we're trying to find out the origin of the term, weren't we? Not the term, the, the meaning, physical, the meaning, the meaning behind meaning, it. Right. The meaning behind I guess maybe that is etymology, right? But so your point is you feel that it's completely lint based. It's shit mixed with lint. We agree on the shit, okay? Okay, there, no shit is involved in the dingleberry. Obviously, it's by your butthole. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think that it's shit and lint. You think that it's shit and toilet paper. But my whole point is that if it was shit and toilet paper, you would see little holes in the toilet paper after you wipe your ass, which I'm not seeing. No, dude. It's the end of the toilet paper comes off. Like what kind of toilet paper do you use? Like, do you use like two ply silk toilet paper? I I actually use this brand of toilet paper called Simon. (laughs) 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 But, uh, true story. <laughs> but, it's very cheap and lasts a long time. It's like the it's like a micron. It's an angstrom thick. But you, is it you, really you, annoying toilet paper though? <laughs> yes, it's nasally, and uh, I just try and flush Jewish. it away, flush it away as quickly as possible. Well, my point is, dude. First of all, are most of the girls that you've been with do they have hairy assholes? I mean, every girl that I've been with shaves her asshole, so she doesn't even have dingleberries. So what this guy's referring to is a crust of shit. I have to say, which isn't a dingleberry. I've been with both, and some of my pre- previous girlfriends have not been <laughs> down with the hair removal processes. Yeah, but did they ever have a dingleberry? Have you ever encountered one? I with those specific girls, I was never really, you know, I didn't have like all the lights in the room on when you're down there. Yeah, I didn't mind. I gotta say, it. I gotta say, I didn't mind it. I know, I know, all these modern girls these days think that like, oh, I've got to completely like wax that fucking thing and make it look like a piece of fucking dead chicken. But you know, sometimes hair isn't that bad. I don't mind a little a bit, on. dude. I don't mind like a little right. landing a strip or a Hitler mustache. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm talking. I don't want a wolf pussy. Right. You I don't, don't want, want this big up. like jungle loving going on in her asshole. You know what? Okay. Well, I don't mind it up front, but around the if it goes like up the back, yeah, <laughs> to their it neck, sticks out like a tuft. That's when it starts to become a little much. I yeah, say. I'm not into cave woman. All right, right. But no, what my point is. How much lint do you have coming off? I can see a guy, I guess, having lint from his cotton underwear. Right. But a girl wears, like, panties. Right, but those are made of cotton. Usually, there's no lint coming off of that thing. (laughs) You live in a fantasy world. Dude, it's toilet paper, because toilet paper degrades. The little balls get mixed with the shit, and that's what hangs off your ass. Do you honestly think your girlfriend, when when she's having her period, is wearing a thong? No, she's wearing a granny panties. Right, which are made of cotton, and they have lint that comes off of them. Well, okay. What's so, what, is this going to be resolved? Or are we just going to perpetuate this this uh, dis, this confusion? What I want to say is, first of all, I think we should agree to disagree. But the point is, the reason I'm bringing it up is a guy named Joe Blow <clears throat> wrote to us. He sent us an email here. And That's his real name, by the way. Yeah, Joe Blow. He had funny parents. Joe Blow uh, wrote in here, and I think this is going to settle the argument and completely settle the debate here. And uh, one one fell sweep here. He says the definition of dingleberry from the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language, 4th edition, 2000, dingleberry. 
Vulgar slang, a piece of dried feces caught in the hair around the anus. Second definition, an incompetent, foolish, or stupid person. <laughs> a dingleberry? I've never called anybody. Well, I guess maybe I have called somebody a dingleberry. I think Mr. Burns would call someone a dingleberry. <laughs> it's like a term from the 1910s. But so what? I think we're, basically we're both wrong. There's no toilet paper or lint involved. It's just poo. Dried feces. I don't, you know, I'm really bored with this subject. I don't want to perpetuate (laughs) it, but I think the American Heritage Dictionary from 2000, seven years ago, why why are we going back that far in this vintage dictionary? I looked it up on the Urban Dictionary and there's like six different definitions. So, you know what? I I think everyone can form their own opinion as to the meaning of the term dingleberry. (laughs) I think it's toilet paper. You think it's lint. Right. And uh, apparently some other dude on the forum. Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we like... (laughs) It's a round world, last I checked. Why can't we teach the world to sing about multiple dingleberry types? <laughs> but did you see on the that, forum that uh, that one dude who completely agrees with you that it's lint actually took a picture of his own shit-encrusted lint ball that came out of his asshole? Yeah, but the amazing thing about him is he, he, he says he agrees with me, but his dingleberry has like these long blonde hairs <laughs> in it that he claims are his girlfriend's hair. Yeah, dude, it's his long blonde ass. My hair. girlfriend has long hair, and in it, in my apartment, it's all over the place, like all over the floor, in the bathroom, up in the cracks near the ceiling. But I've never found one of her hairs in my ass crack, so That's... I don't know how that happens. <laughs> well, he says his name's Digital Monkey Love. And we've talked, about, I think we talked about him last week. I think he's the one. Is who his girlfriend this a monkey? <laughs> he says, I, "Dude, I think she's a Sasquatch." He says, "My girlfriend's hair always gets wadded up in my ass." And the lint sticks. <laughs> Dean Lance, maybe you guys can use this photo on your site. Laugh out loud. So we, we might will... have to uh, post this picture. Or go, go check it out on the forum. It's in the mortifying sex situation yeah. subforum. Yeah, which which is probably a correct place for it because, dude, you're the only guy whose girlfriend's hair is winding up in your ass. You're You're not something about sex you're not doing correctly. I think he's rubbing his ass on her head like while the, she's sleeping. Like the proverbial dog on the lawn? Yeah. No, seriously. How else do you get her, your girlfriend's ass hair in your ass? I'm thinking maybe when he's getting a blowjob, he's doing that like when you when you string the towel, the beach <laughs> towel between your crotch, and like maybe, maybe he's, he's into maybe that. Maybe he's doing that like because you know how like you always want to try to get the girl. She's giving you a blowjob. You move her down to the nuts, and then you're like down to the taint, and then you try to move her a little further, and then her hair gets stuck in his asshole. And he's pinching his butt cheeks at the same time yeah i could see that i could see that i don't know maybe well you know what whatever whatever you want to call dingleberries you're free to do it because i don't think we're going to be able to like come up with a clear cut definition yeah there's no world dingleberry council that's going to come and like you know (laughs) reprimand you for using the term improperly so let's just let that argument die right here yeah yeah or continue it on the forum if you'd like to (laughs) So uh, we got another email here from uh, Michael and Jill. Uh, they were referencing the uh, show we did where, where we talked to our friend uh, Curtis about his broken penis. And they say, I know it's past the fact, but here's a link to a Howard Stern interview with Dennis Rodman discussing his broken penis. Oh, Stern. I guess uh, Dennis denied the bent penis thing, but did tell Howard about how he did break his penis. Twice. He said he was having rough sex with his girlfriend, Stacy, when uh, he slipped and banged his penis on her pelvis. It bent and something split and blood went everywhere. He said after that it blew up like a balloon, so he went to the hospital. There, he said, everyone came and looked at it and touched it, trying to figure out what could be done. 
It turned out none of them were doctors. There was nothing they could do for him at the time anyway, so when he did it a second time with a different woman, he just let it be. Wait, 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 wait. He's at the hospital. All these people are coming and looking at his cock, but none of them are doctors? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> Who are they? Just fans? Dennis Rodman like, fans? Dennis Rodman's dick is broken. Let's go check <laughs> yeah, it out. Let's mob the hospital, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess um, it's a fact. You can actually break your cock. And it happened to Dennis Rodman. You know what was interesting, too, about this interview? It says that Dennis Rodman gets forty to $50,000 per appearance. Who would pay that guy? Does he even play anymore in the NBA? Oh, I believe that. Frat would- parties. Where, Weddings, dude, he doesn't play bar anymore, mitzvahs. Though, does he? Yeah, but he's still a freak. Yeah, I guess. I'd like to thank uh, Michael for sending that in. And uh, yeah, very enlightening. I'd also like to thank Mulan, who's been doing uh, portraits of our sick and wrong stories. Right, he's we have to in... put those up on the website, and I have been lax in that. Yeah, we're going to do that very soon. We're going to have a little uh, fan submission section in the photo section on the website. So he sent in his most recent picture here. It's about Wackerly's uh cinder block tosser nothing special yet keep it sick thanks for mulan for sending that in i should get additional votes counted to my story if mulan decides that that my story is more picture worthy than yours or the listeners i should get like five extra votes you might need yeah you might get five extra votes. what if he <laughs> what if he does a picture of all of our stories though then it's a it's a net uh, zero. Nobody gains. We also got another picture sent in by Rob here. He says, laugh out loud. That thing about the SF Segway tours cracked me up. Here's a photo I shot a few months ago when I was still living there. And the photo cracks me up. It's a photo of all those dudes on the Segways yeah. right at the same pier that I saw them at. That's so. good because everybody thinks that you just make up your stories. Yeah, no. And no, this is actually... <laughs> this will prove you out. Yeah, this substantiates my story. So good. thanks, Rob, for saying that. And we're going to have to post that picture on the website. Oh, we also finally here got another email from a longtime listener named Steve. He says, hey, Dean Lance, haven't written in a while, but something happened to me recently that I wanted to share with you because it ties into two things you discussed in a recent episode, segways and rent-a-cops. I have a loft apartment that is connected to Circle Center Mall, which is in the center of downtown Indianapolis. On a Super Bowl Sunday, I walked over the mall to get some food from the food court, but like everything else in my city, it was closed at 6. So then I walked the entire length of the near-empty mall, so I could exit down by the Steak and Shake to avoid walking two blocks in the cold fucking weather. Dude, Steak and Shake is badass. Have you Dude, ever been to one? Steak and Shake? It's like this. It's like a Midwest thing. It's kind of like what Denny's. Do you shake? It's a shake, milkshakes. Oh, it's a milkshake with your and a steak. steak, and they got really good fries. Is it like a Sizzla? No, it's more like a Denny's. Is Sizzler a little more upscale than the Steak and Shake? Right, except the Sizzler makes you pay ahead of time because people dine and dash are too much, and the Steak and Shake, they, they wait till you finish eating. To I do pay. love the Midwestern food court, though, in the mall. <laughs> Hot Sam's. I hate, to, that, I hate to extend the show because we're already over line, but uh, if you live near a food court, I actually hate the food court, but if, I, if there was a food court next to my house, I would never eat anywhere else just because it'd be still convenient. You yeah. know, you can get the Chinese food. Pizza. The lame Sparrow pizza. There's probably a Taco <laughs> Bell and a McDonald's there. I, I would never get up the gumption to go further than that. Yeah, why would you? Right. So he says, after I got my food, I went back into the mall, went up the escalator, and was confronted by two rent-a-comps, both on Segways, which cracks me up that <laughs> David gets Segways, sporting the essential accessories of chin-strap helmets and mustaches. Nice. They told me I had to go back out the way I came in. I told them I was just heading home, didn't have a jacket, so I was cutting through the mall. They said no. However, I said yes. 
They had the pulley chain fence separators pulled 98% closed and all the lights were off. I hopped through the little gap and made my way back to my place. I then heard some weak electronic motors and yelling coming from behind me. They were in hot pursuit. While jogging backwards, I witnessed the funniest unintentional act of my life. They both had tried to fit through the tiny gap at the same time while in pursuit of me, and the wheels touched in the process, and they spun each other out. One was thrown to the ground. The other one was able to stay aboard his Segway. They yelled at me to stop. I took the fuck off and used my key to get into my hallway before they were able to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) Hijinks ensue in the Indianapolis Mall here. Keystone Cops in the year 2008. Signed Steve here. Yeah, I know. Isn't that kind of... uh, Yeah, it's like a futuristic cops or something. They all get segues. (laughs) Uh, He says a postscript here. He says, has the McCuck disbanded? I heard John got transferred to the Chicago office a few months ago, and I haven't heard from him. Maybe he should start up a new McCuck over there. After all, Chicago is still as Midwest as it gets, even though they think they're in New York over there. You know what? Chicago's way more badass than New York, in my opinion, but... I just said that to stir up some opinion. I don't know. I I kind of like New York, but uh, Chicago's a fun town. I used to live there for a while. New York, or Chicago times 10, New York minus 10. But it has been a while, though, since we've heard from the McCuck. Yeah. So I wonder what happened there. The McCuck, uh, if you guys recall, like did all the stats on Sick and Wrong. Yeah, uh, it was a very convenient uh, uh, way to exploit some labor on somebody else's dime. Yeah, so uh, McCuck, if uh, you're around, send us and drop us a line. Thanks, Steve, for sending in that funny story. It kind of cracks me up. I kind of wish I could be confronted by a rent-a-cop on a Segway. Yeah, but it has to be two or else they won't run into each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, here we got one more uh, email from Rahil. He says, yeah, so here's some cartoons that I found funny and especially sick and wrong. It's on electricretard.com. My favorite one is the one where the guy freezes his shit and then stabs some random guy with it and then fucks the stabbing hole. I checked these out. Did you look at any of them? I actually have seen this site a, a while ago, and yes, they're very funny. We need to throw up a link to electric retard. Artistic, artistic talent, uh, about a two. <laughs> <laughs> but humor talent is like 12. It's pretty high. And uh, finally here, uh, Hannah sent in an email. Hannah's a, a regular on the forum. She says, hey, Dean Lance, been as there's been a lot of tit talk lately on the forum, I thought a good song to end the show would be this song, You Gotta Have Boobs also known as the boob song by Ruth Wallace. I'm quite disappointed when a girl writes in and says, being how there's been a lot of tit talk, here's a picture of my tits. That would be the proper ending to that statement. But she sends us a song about boobs. Come on. You know, uh, Hannah, if you're not underage... Which I actually think she might be. Yeah, you might as well show us the real deal. So thanks for the song. (laughs) Well, we're going to end the show here, Sing Wrong Song of the Week, with You Gotta Have Boobs. And I'm going to dedicate this song to the rotten corpse that once was Richard Speck. Because you know that guy has a special place reserved in hell for him. Yeah. He really does. Uh, People, if you haven't already, go uh, check out the Sick and Wrong Forum. It's uh, fun times. And if you get a chance, go give us a vote on iTunes. We're trying to... Do an iTunes vote drive here, increase our votes. Are you, are you? Does that make you Jerry Lewis or something? Well, you know, not even a vote. Just give us a comment. Like it's think, a comment. Yeah, it's a comment. The comment not can a vote. even be "You suck, one star." No, give us five stars. Well, <laughs> I'm into getting a lot of comments. I don't really care about the score. Yeah, give us some comments. So uh, go subscribe to the show on iTunes. And uh, if you haven't already, go check out tanktv.com. We're on Thursdays from uh, 4 to 5. We'll be back next week with episode 112. Until then, smell you later. You 
gotta have boobs If you wanna impress Tycoons and roofs You need boobs To fill out a sweater You need two But three might be better And that's one in the back for dancing Do, 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 do You gotta be stacked Hey, you gotta be grouped Individually packed For with boobs You can start a romance off Make a man stand right up And take his hat off I know it doesn't rhyme, Ducky But it does keep me legitimate To make a bull for the earth And mutter Even a cow has to show her udders You gotta have boobs B-O-O-B-S Some push them up Some stick them out And some keep them flapping in the breeze Some tie them down Because if they don't They would hang down to their knees Just to tease You've gotta have boobies If you want men to offer diamonds and rubies Why, even a tennis player would knock his balls out over the net For a chick who fills each cup until it falls out Big, small, or medium, or oversized They've all got that flavor and it's homogenized You gotta have boobs Now some have enough And some have too much And some like me could stand a whole lot more Some are like watermelons And some are like grapes And some are like knobs upon the door What's your score? You've gotta be filled Two fried eggs will never grab him like grapefruits will And they're both breakfast foods But listen, girls, don't try to fool your lover Remember, he can go to Goodyear if he wants rubber Some men are leg men and some are behind men But if he's a boobs man, even a blind man will find him You gotta have boobs It's easy to write songs like this Lots of research Just think if all us girls had boobies With fluoridation We could take the cavities Out of the whole Foundation A nibble a day keeps a dentist away Altacockers like Big knockers This goes over great in Israel You've gotta have boobs So be kind to your flat-chested friend Tomorrow she may be bigger than you are You start out with A cup And wind up with E cup Silicones are girls Best friend 
www.tanktv.com. We'll blow you away.